Aloha, welcome to the Art of Being podcast. I'm your host, Patty Hoyt. This podcast was created to listen and share transformative stories from beautiful beings whose lives have been affected by either mental or physical challenging circumstances, which they not only overcame it, they are actually thriving today. I went through my own mental and physical health journey, which I overcame after many years dealing with it. Today, I'm healed and have transformed my life around. That's one of many reasons I became a life coach. I'm very passionate about helping others on their journey. I hope after hearing these raw and inspiring stories from these beautiful and courageous beings, it will give hope to someone we're still going through their own mental or physical healing journey. We hope it will inspire and motivate people to keep going with their healing. I believe sharing is caring. Share this episode with someone who needs to hear. Enjoy and aloha. Aloha, beautiful bees. Welcome to one more episode of the Art of Being podcast. I'm your host, and I'm thrilled to chat with our next guest, Presley Yarrow. Presley is a conscious love specialist and the creator of the Love Awakening Method. For the past three years, she has this mission to break down the exact steps it takes for a woman to release their negative subconscious beliefs to find a thriving relationship and a long-lasting love. This journey has taken Presley all over the globe. She worked at world-class retreat centers in Dubai, Thailand, and Hawaii. She's also had the opportunity to work with hundreds of women around the world and provide guidance as a life coach, hypnotherapist, and a clinical couples therapist. Presley's goal, listen to this, is to move women into a space of letting go, cultivating self-love and calling in relationship where conscious love comes pouring in. Let's listen to her journey going from dealing with her childhood wounds, overweight, abuse relationships, physical issues to become, in my opinion, this beautiful, enlightened being. Welcome, Presley. <laughs> Ooh, that felt really good. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you welcome. You welcome. Well, tell me, because we met each other in Hawaii, right? Yes. In one of the women's retreats. We did. We did. And we connected very well. Your energy just really attracted me. And when we start talking about the journey that you went through, so what is that all traumas? And because if I look at your Facebook or, or your Instagram, it's like, wow, she's so beautiful. There's no way she had traumas and childhood wounds and physical issues. How did it all start it? <laughs> Well, first off, I love to always talk about the fact that when we enter into this field, healing, coaching, I find that we all have a story. And I mean, all humans have a story. And I think what's beautiful about, you know, your podcast is that 
you allow people to learn through stories. Having the ability to share and to talk about that is just, you know, it's, I, I feel very blessed and very grateful to be here. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, where do we begin? <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of what I do in a lot of my work comes from the childhood. And one of the reasons it does come from the childhood is because, you know, I was brought up with very young parents. My parents had me when you know, they were 17 years of age. And so they were in a process of growing up. They were in the process of trying to figure out their own life. Right. And, you know, trying to be parents at the same time. So look, they did the best they could with the knowledge and information they had. Right. But as we all know, into the healing world, that a lot of our belief systems, a lot of who we are and what we do in our patterning comes from when we were younger. So, you know, I saw the I would say unhealthy dynamics between my parents. I saw just them just trying to figure out the world. And unfortunately that did pour into me as I grew older. And there were so many steps along the way. And one of those were really setting myself up for unhealthy relationships really absorbing what I saw my parents do. And, you know, it just became love to me, right? Love wasn't this really open, beautiful kind of concept. Love was actually pain. And so when you, when you don't realize that, right, I had, I didn't have any awareness, you know, I entered into these really toxic, tumultuous relationships from there, things just started to build and, as they started to build, I started to gain weight. I, you know, I started to eat my feelings. I, you know, was really in this really negative space and mindset without knowing, right? Not having the consciousness at this point. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of check-ins with myself throughout my life, which has been rather interesting as I look back. And a check-in, the- tell me about that. Yeah, where it was very, it was very confronting. I was confronting myself and I was asking myself, you know, Presley, what are you doing? You know, this is unhealthy for you. You know that what you're doing is not serving you. Something needs to change. I've, I've had this throughout my life. And this actually came from after a massive argument. And again, one of those toxic relationships where I was like, I'm either going to stay here and something not great is going to happen to me, or I have to leave and I have to do something else. I need change in my life. And that's actually when I left Canada. So I'm, I'm Canadian and I left Canada and I sort of began this journey but it's it's still it still didn't open itself up quite yet. So did you notice when you left Canada? Did you notice that like all the behaviors that you were doing was from a learned behavior from childhood and the relationship between your parents? Did you once you get their awareness, or it was later in life? It, it was it was definitely later. So I still had to go through this process of if you're going to run away from your feelings, you might as well run away from the halfway across the world. So I went to Australia. Oh my! <laughs> um, you know, and when I was when I was Australia, I was working on a cruise ship. And what did I do? I drank and I ate and I partied and I did all the things to avoid, avoid, avoid. And of course, you don't that point in time. Right. So it was actually later in my journey when I ended up in Thailand, where I started unraveling and connecting and really understanding where these patterns were coming from, which is really where that transformation and that healing began. Wow. So 
a lot of things to numb your pain, <laughs> your emotional pain. I, I love what you say that it's you were eating your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently you were eating, you were drinking, you were parting all your feelings in a way of avoiding, right? I remember that for me, feeling wasn't safe. So feel my feelings was not safe, right? So I had to be strong. I grew up also in a, in a home that I needed to be strong because the rest around me was not, was falling apart. So like, I need to hold myself up and be strong. Therefore, to be strong, I cannot allow myself to feel anything. And what that happened is I, my body starts screaming with physical pain. Right. But I was numbing my feelings. Yeah, I was like, mm -mm, not safe to go there. Let's keep on going. <laughs> you know. And the more I did this, the more my body was screaming at it. So that was my way of numbing any, I didn't want to view the reality that was happening, right, in, in, in my family, around me, you know, with so many issues that my family had with depression and alcoholism and drug uh, addiction. I didn't want to see any of that. I wanted to distance, but I, I couldn't because I was living in the middle of that. But my body was screaming. Right. Right. But I didn't allow my feelings. <laughs> so what, what happened in Thailand that you were able to actually, did you go in? Yeah. Family? Yeah. I definitely, you know, at that point, once I was in Thailand, I still had to go through my own process. But, you know, what I find really interesting of what you were saying as well is that oftentimes you don't know when you are in it, when you are really, really in it, because it seems so normal. What you're doing is what everyone else is doing, right? Because of yes. course you had adapted, adopted these patterns, these behaviors from what you have seen. And so it's almost like you have to step outside of self to really go, wow, this was not healthy. Wow. I was not serving myself. I was not honoring myself. And, you know, I think that that takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength to do that. So you know what I mean, like I just commend you and anyone else has gone through any type of healing journey that to really ask yourself these questions. But yeah, you know, Thailand was, I would have to say, this is the most magical place I've ever been in my entire life. The energy was just incredible. The people that you meet, just the expansiveness, the like-mindedness, how open everyone was and freeing. And, you know, it allowed you to embrace an element of yourself, which, you know, I don't think a lot of people was like are able to do, say in the West, if that makes sense right? There's a certain way you have to be. There's societal standards, there's societal influences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you enter into this space like Thailand, you can be and do whatever you want. So that authentic self like really, really comes out because it's safe. It's safe to mm -hmm. be that. I didn't recognize that until, you know, I went through a little bit of my journey. So the reason I went to Thailand is because I went there to train because I realized, like I said, I had those moments of saying, Presley, what are you doing? So I was on the cruise ship and I was like, your contract's going to end. You've gained more weight. You're even more unhappy. You need to do something. And I saw this Tiger Muay Thai, Phuket, Thailand, and I booked a one-way ticket. I didn't even have a hotel. And I just showed up on this street in Thailand, in Phuket, like I am here. And um, so my journey essentially started on the physical realm, like you, yourself as well. And I started to train. And as I started to train, I started losing weight and people started commenting, oh, Presley, you're looking good. And I'm like, 
what, what? I, you know, I don't see it because I'd be in front of the mirror still seeing the old Presley. I was also not very happy. And I was in a space that was beautiful. There were wonderful people around. It felt so great to be there, but why didn't I feel good? And then I had another one of those moments where I just said, Presley, what are you doing? Something's gotta be off. And that's when I actually ventured into hypnosis. So I had, you know, everything happens for a reason. I met an incredible human being who became my mentor. He noticed that I had this want and this desire to, to learn, to grow, to really dive into my stuff. And he said, you know what? I would love to be your mentor. We, um, we did hypnosis for an entire year. He taught me hypnosis, sent me on a course to get my certification. And then he did hypnosis with me for that duration of time. It was incredible. And that's where my love for the unconscious mind really came to be <laughs> and understanding the connections, the patterns and the habits and where they stemmed from. Mm, wow. So during those hypnosis, is that when you start seeing and recognizing the patterns the from childhood and the behavior like repeating over and over and over? Is that when you discover that? Yes. Now I will, I will tell you that during that process, it was just more say that maybe anger that I had within myself or how I reacted in certain situations. And I could see the connection with my childhood. I could see the frustration that I held onto with what I had to go through when I was younger. It wasn't until later that I had to dive into the relationship patterns and the connections there. One significant story was my last hypnosis session with my mentor. I remember that brace yourself, by the way, because I know it may sound a little bit strange, but we went all the way back into the womb. I was in the womb and I could hear my parents talking and I could hear my father say, what did you do? How dare, do, like, how dare did you make this happen? Essentially? Why, why is this happening? We can't have her. And so I am thinking to myself, well, I wasn't wanted. I wasn't loved right? And then the core beliefs, that's where they formed. And so I had to go through that process of saying to myself, well, I was brought into this world. I was loved. And I had to rewire and rework these beliefs, which then really began to strengthen this self-love, this inner wholeness, which, you know, leads to the relationship patterns and the changes in that, which leads to conscious love, which I'm sure we're going to get to later. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is powerful. That's powerful. Yes. Uh, we do um, a little bit of a timeline when we do NLP. Uh, we, and it, yeah, it can be powerful. Uh, <laughs> it can be powerful. It's funny because the first time somebody did with me, I think I was so blocked that I didn't see anything like, no. What? It was this 10 years ago, come down to the, to 10 years ago, 20 years to the womb before the womb. And like, I saw nothing because I was not open to see anything. Isn't that amazing? Right. But the right time for you came and then you were able to go there, right? Yeah. Probably if he had show up in your life years before, you wouldn't be open to go no. through that. Yes, right. So I see that, that there's a trust on the divine timing of everything, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible, right? The idea that healing really is running ready when you are open, right? Hypnosis Mm -hmm. itself as well, isn't really going to work if you're not ready and open to receive and move through your process. And we all have that timing, right? You may try it like yourself that one time and it just didn't really work, but I'm sure now you can absolutely dive into it. Oh right? yeah, I did yeah. afterwards and it was like, whoa, it does work. <laughs> yeah. And it's so powerful, isn't it? Yeah. So it's- what did you uh, start, uh, sorry, um, so you did this, you got all this awareness and then you didn't have that self-love. You realized that that's where it started. You were born uh, with listening to that, but you were born. Therefore, yeah. it's love, right? Yes. But how is your journey to actually starting loving yourself? Because you spend your entire life not loving yourself. That's why you went through such a destructive behavior, drinking and uh, gaining weight and eating and abusive relationship. That is like a very typical of self-destruction, right? I don't love myself. Therefore, I'm going to go through all of this. So how did you start your journey in loving yourself? Yeah. To touch on like what you said, I really think that it's important for people to understand on an unconscious level, we actually enter into the same situations in order to master them because we couldn't when we were younger and we don't really realize that. And it is on an unconscious level that we recreate these same situations. And, and so what was really interesting as, as I started to build, which, which by the way, self-love is a lifelong journey. You don't wake up one day and all of a sudden, Hey, I've got it. I love myself. That's it. Yep. Awesome. No, (laughs) that is not real life. What it, like, you know, but I think what it is though, is how I define self-love is it is actually about those days where you don't feel so great, but you're not slipping in this puddle of contempt. You still know that you're worthy. You still know that you're enough and you sit with those feelings and that's the mm. healing. And that is self-love. It's so, so powerful. And you know, we're going to move through different stages in our life. And when we move through those different stages, our identity changes, we shed all of that. And then we have to enter into falling back in love with it again. So it is lifelong. So I would say I'm still working on it, but what I do feel is that I have this wholeness. Like I know that I'm worthy and I know that I'm enough, but absolutely there are days where I don't feel so great. And that's okay too. So, you know, for me, it was, I really, really had to do, I'm, I'm obsessed with journaling, by the way. So I did a lot of journaling, a lot of writing, diving deep and really um, questioning myself and que- asking the why questions all the time and just listening, listening to podcasts like these and really exploring like all the elements in which I love about me. Stop focusing on the flaws, but, but also embracing them. So I am an imperfect human being and that's okay. And that's what makes me me, right? So I think that, you know, rolling through that is going to be an everyday process. But, you know, I got to this point where I felt really good about myself. I felt aligned. I felt whole, right? And then all of a sudden I got into a relationship. This was interesting. 
So I got into this relationship and it was, I would say, a step above the other relationships. The other ones. Still <laughs> wasn't great. So after we had broken up and it was really, it was, it was unhealthy. I had to then confront myself again and go, Presley, you love yourself. You feel whole. Why is it that you attracted this person into your life? You're doing a lot of work. And then I had to look at my parents' dynamics. I had to look at what love was for me. I had to let go of those notions. I had to let go of this synchronistic dance. I would play in these trauma bonds and had to recognize those within myself and I then took a step away from that dive, went even deeper into self-development. And then that's actually where I met my now partner. And at that point, I really like, honestly, I loved life. Life was great. I didn't need anyone. I wanted a partner, but I affirmed that I wanted a healthy, stable partnership which is something I never, ever said before. So it's, there were a lot of bumps in the road. <laughs> yeah. You know what I love what you just said? Uh, before I forget, like I didn't need mm. somebody else right. to, right, to, to be happy. I didn't need, I just want an apartment, but I didn't need. And that's a big difference when you Huge. get to that point, right? Huge, because- if you go back to this wholeness, this, this worthiness, I, I am good because I am with me and that feels wonderful, right? Of course, I would love to bring someone in to enhance what I already have. Not that I need it from that other person, right? I have filled my cup and my hope is that you have filled yours and we are attracting each other at that same vibration, right? Because we've done the work. Mm, wow. I can see that it would be very hard to somebody have a whole relationship with a partner if they don't love themselves first. Mm. And I was just talking to a, a friend of mine and we have a common friends that, you know, I go through like relationship after relationship or you stay in a relationship for a long time and it's abusive. Right. And we were just discussing this, this uh, past weekend, like, wow, that person does not love herself. How can you expect somebody else to love you if you don't love and respect yourself to begin with? Mm -hmm. Right. So you did the work first on you. You yes. love yourself fully and completely. And then you're open to have somebody join you in your life path. You know, I think it's, it's really important to also say that you can get into a relationship with anyone. You, anyone can get into a relationship, right? You know, you don't necessarily have to love yourself to get into a relationship. But here's the thing. Yes. You can only meet someone at the depth that you have met yourself. And if you have done the work, then my hope is that, you know, the person that you meet has also done the work and you're coming together. Like I said, as whole individuals, you know, you are pouring into each other's cups because you are overflowing and you come together with intention and purpose. And that to me is conscious love. You can't have conscious mm. love without self-love. They go hand in hand, right? but it's, you have really met yourself at that depth where you know who you mm -hmm. are. You have this awareness, you recognize your traumas and triggers because mm -hmm. when you meet a healthy person, when you meet a good person, your trauma will come to that forefront. 
And it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. So what happens? That's what I was going to ask, because even though you've, you know, you found, found this person, right? And you have conscious love, the, the, the stuff from the past probably still going to come in and kind of get triggered at some point. And then how do you, so it's just that you deal with that in a different way as you've dealt in the past? Oh, that's such an interesting question. I feel like, you know, as humans, like, again, we go back to that imperfection, right? There are going to be moments and times where you do react and you react to that trigger and that trauma comes out. It's, I think the healing comes and the awareness comes when you go, whoa, I realized that I reacted versus responding and I'm going to do better next time. This is what, these are the steps that I'm going to take. But I think when you enter into an intentional, purposeful relationship with this conscious love, the two of you are aware that you have traumas and triggers. You're aware that you have different perspectives, different upbringings, different ways of seeing life, right? And we know that sometimes that can get messy, right? But the thing is, is that you are, you've come together and you're saying, we are going to do this. It is safe to be in this relationship. It is safe to be vulnerable And I'm going to do my best to understand you. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when there is that safety and when there is that vulnerability, when a trauma or a trigger comes out, it's a lot easier to actually handle Mm -hmm. a lot easier Mm -hmm. to handle, but you, you still have to do the work. The work doesn't stop, right? You still have to do the work for yourself and then you and your partner do the work together. And I think that's very important. What you just said that because Sometimes we think we went through a healing and then you work on that specific issue and that will never show up again, right? And if it shows up again, sometimes we beat ourselves up. It's like, oh my God, here you go. I thought I had healed this and here you go again. This thing triggering me again. And then instead of sending love and compassion towards ourselves, we can get to the point that we are beating ourselves because this thing is showing up again. You know, and I think it's very important what you said. Hey, it can show up again. You just look at that like, hey, I see you. <laughs> right. And that and that is self-love, right? It's it's really not beating yourself up. It's really not slipping into this pile of contempt and you've done wrong and you're a terrible person. It's just knowing that you're a human being and that you are like this beautiful work in progress always, right? Always, you know, I think yes. a lot of people... I think believe like, okay, self-love and working on yourself can't go hand in hand, but they absolutely can, right? It's very, very important. You can love yourself and then continue to grow, continue to evolve and continue to learn from your mistakes. If we were living in the Himalayas, of course it'd be a lot easier because there's no triggers, but we're living in real life. We're in a relationship with another person that brings that out in us and it's perfectly normal. And I think, you know, what I've discovered throughout this journey is that, you know, we really just need to be easier on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. This stuff is going to come up. And if you really truly ask me if I believe it all 100% goes away, I don't believe that it 100% goes away. But again, the work and the healing is seeing it come up, noticing it come up and finding a different way to work through it each time each right time. yes each time yes and so that love and compassion towards ourselves it's one thing that 
should remain because then we are allow ourselves to work in the next step and work in the next step because we can get deeper and deeper into our healing if we allow ourselves to go there. But if we beat ourselves up because something show up again, then you won't be able to grow and heal at a deeper level. I love, love that. Yes. Wow. You know, when you're holding on to something, right, you're holding on Mm -hmm. to it really tight. I mean, it doesn't have space to move. It doesn't have space to grow, but if you kind of let go, you release, you just allow it to flow. It's, I just kind of see it like that. Just that that is like for everything, right? Not just in relationships. But for Correct. every single thing in our lives that applies. Life. <laughs> Life <laughs> happens, right? Life happens. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, oh it is, it's, I like to call life heartbreakingly beautiful because it's, it has its moments. It has its moments where it's really difficult, but it also has its moments where it's just extraordinary. And then it has its mundane moments, right? But it's, it's just, it's heartbreakingly beautiful. So if you will leave our listeners, beautiful listeners out there with one tip from from you, because you went through so many healing and uh, destruction and rebirth, death and rebirth. (laughs) Never ending, Um, it's never ending. (laughs) But if you would leave our listeners that is still going through, uh, they're in the middle of the patterns, repeating patterns. And what is the tip for you? for them that you would give to them and their journey. Yeah. I really would suggest to just doing still in it. Like I would suggest doing that inner child work. So really start asking yourself and making the links between what you saw between mom and dad, what you experienced when you were younger, how that made you feel right. And connecting that to the patterns and the habits that you have now, because we still have them. Some of them are still ingrained in us. Yes, they absolutely, these things can change. They can evolve. Right. But, you know, really making those links. And I feel like that's, that's a great start. You can do some journaling. You can talk to your inner child. You can do an inner child meditation, you know, really tapping into what this child wanted and needed to be heard, seen, and loved. Because at the end of the day, within us all is this little child. And when we get yeah. triggered, when the trauma comes up to the forefront, it's because this little child feels unsafe, wants to feel heard, wants to feel seen, and wants to feel loved. So, just tap into that inner child and really, you know, tune into your own inner guidance because I mean, it will show you the way you will show you the way. (laughs) I love, I love that. And uh, I'm going to leave with a message from you that love myself and have compassion myself, uh, even though things show up again that I thought I had worked in the past and they were gone. No, I'm just another opportunity to work deeper and deeper and love myself even more, even more. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> <laughs> a message from you that I'm going to leave it with. So Presley, if people wanted to connect with you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? 
Yeah. I mean, you can go on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. So at love thrives with Presley, you know, if you are interested, um, I would love to do a breakthrough session with you. So we actually look at your subconscious beliefs and we kind of create a roadmap to help you move through and break free from these, um, patterns that you have. So, you know, if you're interested about that, I mean, you can always just send me a DM. I just love to talk to women. I just love to help women. So, you know, just talk to me and you can also go to Presley Yero and then you can go to the resources section, tons of meditations. I've got lots of um, really like motivational audio files for self-love and a mini training session. So there's a lot there to check out as well as the five keys to conscious love. So you've got a lot going on there. So yeah. Tons of ways to connect, tons of ways to uh, download resources. And yeah, I hope you really enjoy them. So yes, I'm going <laughs> to definitely check out that resource for sure. Presley, thank yeah. you so much for being here today with me. I truly appreciate you sharing your story because I believe the more we share, the more we heal mm. and sharing is caring. So thank you. Thank you. And if you beautiful listeners out there resonated with me and wanted to have a conversation, head over my website, pettyhoyt.com, P-A-T-I-H-O-Y-T.com and send me a message or follow me on Instagram at Coach Patty Hoyt. Until we meet again, remember, be the light and feel in power. Aloha. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Art of Being podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, send this episode to them. Until next time, aloha.